Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers where we have author Jody L. Milner on the show to talk about, well, what else? Books, writing, and Stonebearer's Betrayal, which is your first novel, or uh, do you have other novels? I, I, I'm trying <laughs> to find other things. This is my debut novel, okay. so it's my baby and I'm super proud of it. Okay, just checking because I'm like... If I didn't find anything and there's something out there, then I'm really in trouble because I wasn't finding anything. I'd rather you check. Yeah. So, debut novel. I know how that feels. It's like this amazing feeling because you've put lots of work into it. Now it's on the shelf. It's out there. And, I mean, what does that feel like? I was expecting to feel like a minor celebrity at this point. I wasn't expecting to feel completely terrified. (laughs) Um... There's so many new things that one wouldn't expect to be scary, but then you realize, oh, wait, I have to do this. This isn't my skill set. I still have to do this. Yeah. And it's boldly venturing into the great unknown, and I feel like I'm doing it like eight times a day. So mm-hmm. while it's it's fun to do fun new things, um, I'm going to be really excited in about two weeks from now, when yeah. the big push is kind of over and I can breathe again. <laughs> it, it is interesting. You know, you think you've done all the hard work writing the story, getting it on down on the pages, turning it in, getting it accepted by a publisher. They're turning it into a book, and then you find out, oh my gosh, there's all this other stuff I still have to do? Are you kidding me? And it's the stuff you're not good at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I am great at promoting and talking about other people's books and convincing people to buy those books except for my own it's like i don't i don't get it i i don't know why i can't do it for my myself oh man i'm so glad you're saying that too because i have the exact same problem like my my darling table mate from local authors last saturday like i'm like everyone come meet my darling table mate she's fantastic let her share her stuff with you. And here I'm just hiding. I'm like, what's with that? I'm like, maybe vicariously they'll come and look at my stuff because hers is cooler than mine, but mine's next to it. I'm cool vicariously. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. My book's been out almost, well, be out two years come next June. And I still am in that same boat where it's like, hey, check out this book and this book. And oh, hey, there's that. Hey, here's mine. It's cool. But I'm, like, super excited about everyone else's. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think it's part of uh, wanting to hide because you're afraid they're going to reject it and say, this sucks, and walk away. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the paranoia is so real. Yeah. And I'm I'm also just, A, looking forward to the one person who's like, you're amazing. I read this, and it changed my life. That's, like, life goal right there. One person to say, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it is like, do I read my Amazon reviews or do I cower from them? Do I go to Goodreads and see what the trolls have to say or do I hide from that too? I've just learned to ignore those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually had a person that bought my book and read it. And at this point, apparently he's read it 31 times. And I'm just wow. like... Really? 31? Is it that like, great? Don't you have <laughs> but apparently so. More wonderful things to do. Yeah, so he's like yeah, he he messages me all the time every 
Book two done yet? Book two done? Because apparently he really loves it, which is fantastic and helps boost my ego a bit. But at the same time, I'm like, really? 31 times? Uh, yeah. I'm amazed that people keep track. Like, does he put hashtags in the front of the book? Know, How maybe. does this work? Because for me, I, I would lose track after four. Yeah. Four times. Anything above four reads, it's just I've read it forever. Yeah. Should not proceed to three. Not proceed to five. Three, sir. Yes. Uh, the whole oh, hand is leaking. grenade. There's nothing wrong with quoting Monty Python. <laughs> oh, man. I swear. Don't get me started. Alrighty. Um, <laughs> we will move on and talk about the yes. book. Otherwise, we'll start talking about Monty Python and how my kids hate it. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, that's a whole different discussion. I know. I, anyway. need to, I need to, like hang him upside down and dunk their head in the toilet or something. But then I'll get in trouble. But oh well. Alright. Yeah. So Stone Bear's Betrayal. Uh, tell us a little bit about it so for our listeners that don't know about it and and so forth. We'll go from there. Alrighty. Hello amazing listeners. Let me tell you about a really awesome book. I'm biased. I'm completely biased. Um, my favorite way of describing it is if you love... Um, the Witcher video games, um, or if you've gone to read the books, I find a lot of people haven't. Um, it's a lot like that with a hundred percent less sex, which is perfect. Um, it's a noble, dark, epic fantasy story. That's a coming of age story as well. The main character is a girl that's being brought up in a small town and her whole goal is to live a peaceful and happy life, but this is a fantasy novel, and clearly that can't happen. And so her name's Katira. She ends up getting into situation after situation, and as she's learning more about herself and her world, she's discovering that it's not what she imagined it would be. Um, all of these legends that she grew up with, um, that she's like, no, that's just a story. That couldn't happen. People with magic aren't real. Every single one of these things that she's grown up with um, is starting to come true. And for her, that's terrifying, but also very intriguing. Hmm. And well, chaos ensues, and she yeah. saves the day. I mean, I, I was just thinking as you're, you're explaining, she just wants a normal boring mundane life that, that would be a really boring book I, no kidding you can't I, write a happy boring book I, unfortunately I, I we love torture them we love conflict and chaos but that would be a very interesting book to ever read of simon woke up fed the chickens he ate breakfast he then went to work i mean that, that doesn't sound like an exciting book <laughs> at all so I don't know if he was a circus performer, his boring could be my fascinating. Yeah, that or his that fascinating could be. could be my boring. So. Yeah, I mean, there was a quote I can't remember who it was said, but basically it said writers like destroy lives, kill people, and yada yada yada, all negative bad things. And that's well, there's a, that whole thing. And that's a good day. Well, aren't we supposed to chase them into a tree and then throw rocks at them? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So, 
your main character, she wants a normal mundane life, but things start unraveling or unfolding, showing her that things really aren't that mundane and a lot of the secrets or fairy tales or so on are kind of real and things start going crazy. Absolutely crazy. Okay. And it's my favorite kind of crazy because it's mine and I get to put all my favorite tropes in there. Yeah. So I really like the noble hero, you know, self-sacrificing idiot (laughs) who everyone's like, no, you can't do that. He's like, I will do it because it's the right thing to do. And everyone's like, please stop. We love you. You're (laughs) going to die. Anyway. Nice. Nice. You have your favorite tropes, too. Oh, yeah. Right? Tropes are great. Um, yeah. Now, the question is, do you just use the trope as it is, or do you kind of twist it and make it your own? Honestly, by the sheer power of putting it into words that came out of my brain, yeah. it's going to be different than anyone else's. Okay. Um, But that's fantasy fiction for you. It seems like there is thousands of these little instances that end up in everybody's work. And you see it and you're like, oh, I saw what you did there. Yeah. You know, it's the horror equivalent of don't go down the stairs. Yes. Or, you know, let's split up. It's, you know, in fantasy, it's always like the... Maybe they're the chosen one, or yeah. he's got a dark secret. It's probably magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's only so much we can do with tropes, and we, we there's definitely a lot of repeating uh, in them. Uh, I do like the fact that you have kind of the noble hero that always rushing in, because we don't. I, I don't think we see that a lot. Uh, especially to the point where they're pretty much putting themselves in harm's way all the time. Um, there, uh, as you were talking about that, there was a couple that came to mind, like uh, Stern Brightblade from Dragonlance, uh, mm-hmm. Gowrie from the anime series Slayers. He was probably the most annoying, dumb one. <laughs> Guy was probably a little bit smarter than a box of rocks, but always charged in, had a huge heart, always getting the crap beat out of him. It was funny. Um, But those characters are actually kind of very lovable, um, and we can relate to them in some ways because we want to be that way, but we just are too afraid to? I don't know. Absolutely. My biggest character inspiration for this kind of noble self-sacrificing person it comes down to like the whole doctor who franchise okay yeah can you think of like the more most perfect crazy person who's like i'm gonna save the world i'm gonna start by putting myself in front of 500 angry aliens who want to kill me and dominate them with the power of my own will and a sonic screwdriver and a sonic screwdriver because clearly why not yeah it's his magic wand it totally works sometimes (laughs) Uh, no, Doctor Who is a great example of that. Um, quirky, just throws himself in front of things, and a lot of the times, he resolves things just by some random dumb speech, too. Um, yeah. The power is in you. Yeah. You've seen what I've done before? Run. Yeah, and his, uh, psychic paper. Yes. That's all. I want one of those. I mean, that's really... I could get myself in so much trouble. Yes. But that's that's literally all he has. A sonic screwdriver, psychic paper. 
and a box that travels around time. And, Absolutely. And, and but aren't the best characters ones that don't have, like, all the resources? Like, yeah. it's like MacGyver. You've got a paperclip, you've got a string, and all of a sudden he's made a bomb. Yeah. Practicality aside, you know, that's impressive. It is. Uh, I don't. Have you seen the new MacGyver TV series? I kind of need Richard um, <laughs> Dean Anderson. Anderson. Richard Richard Dean Anderson. I almost said Richard Paul Evans. That's <laughs> not it. No. Um. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I've I've been watching the new one. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable in its own different way. But instead of just randomly coming up with something, he actually explains how he's doing stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, so get, I can see some people having issues with that, like when they explained midichlorians. Yeah, like the magic is gone now. That's not fun anymore. I like it because it's like, ooh, this is teaching me new stuff to put into books. <laughs> so, yeah, my 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 writing brain is like plotting, like, ooh, hey, I can put that in now. I know how that works. Type of stuff. Um, where before MacGyver was just like, he has a, does this and that, and suddenly has the bomb. Um, and I know it's kind of that magic, like you said, because it's like, ooh, that was cool. I wonder how he did it. I don't know. Um, uh, maintaining plausible deny, not plausible deniability. Shoot, um, suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I, I think both work still. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's wrong, they can deny it. Well, we didn't know. It was just MacGyver and his magic. Um, but, Magical brain. Yes. We use the power of intelligence. Yes. There's nothing there's nothing like a really intelligent character. I swear that's why there's so many people that have fallen for the Lokis. Yeah. And the Sherlocks. And again, I'm gonna bring Doctor Who up again because they're like these crazy intelligent people and that's extremely attractive to have a character that's not only super intelligent, but like they can use that intelligence to solve this stuff in a way you wouldn't expect. Yeah. I have one character that's kind of crazy, sexy, intelligent, and he, he's the one my editor might have fallen in love with. And um, I'm trying, I'm trying so hard not to kill him in the sequels because yeah, he's he's kind of got his number up. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I I understand that. I uh, so my first book I introduced the character. It's kind of a jerk. He's smart. He's kind of a jerk. You kind of think he's the bad guy, but there's like a huge dynamic shift in his personality that happens in the second book. Uh, even my editor was like, I actually kind of like him now. I thought he was a giant douchebag in the first book. Because um, you get to see, you know, you kind of, there's some flashback scenes where you see the softer side of this character. And now you kind of realize and understand this character more, so... And I didn't even plan that originally. It just came out um, that way. And it, it's so fascinating how sometimes these characters, when you're writing, change from what you had in your head to something a little different or better than what you originally planned. It's when they take a life of their own. Yeah. So, what was something that happened in the process of writing this book that kind of blew you away that you're like wait a minute that's not what i intended but this is so much better oh goodness um since this is my first one and it's my baby and i had to learn how to write a book in the process of writing this uh -huh. book there was a lot of trial and error okay um there i 
and the biggest the biggest challenge I had was I ended up having a redundant character. So I had I had these two characters. I'm like they're both kind of cool, but they're not really cool. And so and so I had this brilliant, stupid idea of oh, let's just combine the two into one. Well, they were not existing in the same location throughout pretty much most of the book. And I'm like, well, they're like, how is that going to work? And I ended up ripping one out changing one and now he's like the secondary main character i mean we've got katira who's our noble hero mm-hmm. yes person but he ended up being like one of the second most important people in the book and here he was like this nobody came yeah. out of nowhere because i had to squish two people together that were like not important and the entire story shifted to accommodate that storyline and the story became that, hmm. where, how, anyway, if the story reads really weird, because, like, you're like, I expect this thing to happen, and it doesn't happen like that, it's probably because I had to twist things, and it was, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you, took so two, you took two action figures, meshed them together, you have a new hero, the story evolved differently because of this new hero. That's not a bad thing. That's... It ended up being so much more interesting. Yeah. And, um, like, it influenced how the magic system ended up working. It influenced how um, kind of the journey portion ended up working. Um, it actually swapped the main character. Um, the main character originally was Katira's father. Okay. And I, I figured if this was going to be a YA, um, this really old dude was not going to resonate with, you yeah. know, a teenage audience. No yeah. one wants to follow around their dad um, in a story that's not, you know, relatable. And so I had to switch it to her. And so, again, huge challenge. I think I've written this book like eight times. <laughs> that's okay. This so, is the winning version now. Yes, it's the winning version. It's out. No more changes because it is permanent. Um, no, this is, I mean, it's very similar to what happened with, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Jack Sparrow was supposed to be a side character. And, because, and then Johnny Depp came in, showed up, and then with the dynamic, it he became more of the main character than the intended main character of Will Turner. So. And if it wasn't for him, that whole movie franchise would have flopped. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Absolutely. Jack Sparrow is fantastic and messed up all in the same way. Um, but, you know, you're right. No one wants to follow around their dad. Uh, my kids are prime examples of that. I will suggest a book to <laughs> them. Hey, read this book. It's fantastic. No. No. It's a dad book. All right. A year later, a friend of theirs says, Hey, read this fantastic book. The same book I did a year, offered a year ago. They're like, oh my gosh, Dad, have you read this book? It's amazing. I burned through the whole series. Are you kidding me? That's the same book I told you to read a year ago. It's yeah. not exciting if you say it. I know. It's boring. If you it's taint the dead. waters. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's the same freaking story or book, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My, uh, my oldest is one of these crazy readers um and like he just read through all the dan browns he's 12 yeah that's probably not the best parenting choice on my 
part, but they're he not horrible. It. I could think of worse. Yes. Um, I won't let him touch Game of Thrones, so. You know, or, or you know, I love Michael Brent Collings, but any of his horror stuff, yeah, he should probably. Yeah. yeah. A little scary. But uh, he's actually reading my book right now. Um, I think he's doing it out of a sense of obligation because he's cool like that. Well, props but to you on that one. None of my kids I, have even read my book. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, really? My you other kids even won't try? touch it. Yeah. They're a little young. No, he's uh, he's right in the middle. And I can't, I want to hover so bad. I'm like, have you gotten to the yeah. thing? I can't tell you about the thing that you're going to get to because if you haven't got to it, that would be major spoiler. Yes. So I always have to do the questions just like, where are you now? Mm-hmm. What just happened? Yes. Who's your favorite character so far? Nice. So, so go ahead. Uh, I, yeah. No, you're fine. So what <laughs> made you decide to jump into the giant pool of writing? Because, well, face it, where we're at, there are tons of authors everywhere. It seems like you kick a rock and there's another author. Absolutely true. And it's one of those things where it's just like, some authors are like, I was born with a pen in my hand, and I'm destined to create the great next American novel. I grew up wanting to be a doctor because okay. I wanted to like be a superhero and save people. And I thought, that's the most noble, greatest thing a human can do is go and save lives. Yeah. And then I got to college, and I realized like 5% of what doctors do is a part I find super amazing. The other 95%... I could burn in a trash fire. Yeah. I mean, it's it's horrible. And I took a couple pre-med classes, and the people in there is just like, if this is what my coworkers are going to look like, this is not the place I want to be. Yeah. Because um, you have to have a certain mindset and a certain amount of ambition and um, complete lack of humor, um, at least for the people I met. Um, <laughs> there's some really awesome doctors out there that are awesome. I love my pediatrician, not mine, my kids. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. It would bury me. Um, so I had always been a reader. Uh, I was never a super social person. And so my entire upbringing was surrounded by really good books. Um, I grew up with Jane Yolen and Brian Jacks and Terry Brooks and Robert Jordan, and they were my friends, and they kept me busy um, and out of trouble. And, like, even when I was in orchestra rehearsals, like when the second violins had a really long break, I would pull a book out, which I'm sure my conductor loved. Um, And books were a part of my story. And I got to a point where I read a book as an adult, and I'm like... I'm not enjoying this. And there was that kind of epiphany moment. And I've heard other authors say this, so I know I'm not making this up where you're like, I could do this. Mm -hmm. I could make a story that is super enjoyable. And I think I could do better than this, this current book I've picked up. I'm not going to say what book it is, Twilight, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah, you're good. (laughs) Uh, give her props. Yeah. It got an entire generation reading again. 
Yes. There was Horrible a books. whole horde of these adults that were my age that are like, we don't read because it's not interesting anymore. You know, we have families and lives. And then all of a sudden this, this phenomenon happened and it was just pulpy enough where they're like, this is actually really entertaining. And it has, you know, these dramatic moments and there's all this angst. And it's just like, oh, we like reading now. So I kind of have to say thank you. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have my opinions heavy on that uh, on that series. Uh, one, vampires burst into flames. They don't sparkle ever. If they sparkle, it's like the second before they combust. Um, <laughs> I'm a. I keep giggling into the mic. I'm sorry. That no, probably sounds horrible. No, you're fine. It's not over over the top. I, it's. For what she did and accomplished, it is fantastic. For the people that love it, that's great. Um, because that's a series they enjoy. Ah, it definitely is not for me. Uh, the Yeah, vampires, werewolves are so much different in my mind than what was portrayed in that book. That's, that's, that's yeah. all I'll say because I could just rip it apart and I don't want to. Well... You have there's different camps of people who like it. There's the vampire Lestats, there's the Bram Stokers, and then there's your sparkly YAs, yes. which are you know they're fluffier and cleaner, and it's well, it it's not the dark gritty gritty underbelly of vampire life no. that a lot of people really like. It just it, it came off to me as creepy. Here's this hundred. You know, he's over 100 years old, and he's pining over a 16-year-old girl, 15, 16-year-old girl, and she just thinks it's so amazing, and I'm just thinking, dude, this guy is a creepy pedophile. You know, he's, yeah, and, I can totally and, see that. And you're, he, you're totally okay with this, and you want him to bite you, to become a vampire, and and then there's all this weird stuff happening. Okay, we're still having a story, and then the whole series ends on some stupid, weird dream. And then there, yeah. and then she shows him the dream. I never got that far, so kudos to you for even knowing that. And then she she shows the big bad guy this dream, and he's like, "Okay, we're good, no more fight," and walks away. And I'm like, "What? It was like the weakest ending ever." Yeah. Oh, honestly, Hunger Games kind of did the same thing, where they we did. had this really strong story, and then the last forty pages where it's just like, "Let's write a scrapbook." Yeah. In third person. Yeah, Divergent <laughs> did that as well. Um, <gasps> Where it was, is that a spoiler? I really need to read that one. The first two books are amazing. The third book, eh, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. There, there seemed to be a series of books that came out, made into movies, where their ending just didn't, and again, people will probably be mad at me for saying this, the ending just didn't pay off compared to the, the build-up, is the best way to, to say it, I guess. Um, no, it's true. I mean, it's you get promised something when you start a story. Yes. And like, if it's a romance, you're like, I want these two to be together and happy. If it's a thriller, you're be, I want them to survive the thing. If it's a horror, you're like, I want them to survive the thing and maybe kill it. Um, 
in any story, there's all these expectations. And if those expectations aren't met, it's really disappointing. Because it's like I just read through and spent this many hours of my life hoping to build to this promise. Yeah. And you didn't give it to me. Bad writer, no cookie. <laughs> yes. So is this the first in a series, Stone uh, Bearer's Betrayal? Or is it just a standalone? I am envisioning it as a trilogy. Okay. I'm actually writing book three for my NaNoWriMo project right now. Nice. Um, which is not my favorite way of drafting, but it definitely gets it done. Yeah. I know I'm going to be throwing out 30% of it, but I consider that exploration. Um, I would love it to be, you know, the beautiful boxed set with three books. Okay, that sounds so hokey. No, that's awesome. Seriously. But big stories need lots of books. Yes. And big characters deserve to be seen more than once. And, you know, enjoyed and no, I have agree. multiple books. So, three books. First book will be out. It will, you know, and that you, you get to have your exciting moment, the book signings and start seeing reviews come in. Try to ignore the bad ones. Um, it is a nice sucker punch to the gut. I will admit that. Uh, my one star was horrible. However, that was the only one star I got. Um, they're not fun to read. So try to take it with a, a, grain, uh, yeah, a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. hard to do, though. Part it is like, this is competition now. Yeah. It's, it's like it's the yeah. review bingo card. I need at least two more one stars to fill my line. Yeah. Um... But, no, I mean, this is a fantastic idea. You've got a really cool concept and an idea. The characters are lovable. They're enjoyable. Um, and it definitely creates an environment where you want to flip to the next page because, you know, it's pulling you through, basically, is what I'm trying to say. You know, there are books out there where you're just like, oh, my gosh. When is this? When, when is something going to happen? Because so, it gets so boring to, to read. Um but you definitely have a great pacing in the book, and it's fun to read. So, for the listeners, because we're running out of time, unfortunately, uh, where can they find you next? You know, signings, events, or even your social media pages. Alrighty. Um, to buy the books, it is available at all online book retailers. Okay. So that includes Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and I know there's a couple others out there. Um, if you want to order a signed copy directly from yours truly, uh, my website is jodylmilnerauthor.wordpress.com. Um, if you search Jody L. Milner on Google, I know I'm probably in the top three listings only because I've been blogging since when blogging was cool. You're you're at the top. That's what I did before jumping. <gasps> so you're you at the Googled top. You Googled me? I did. That's like super flattering. <laughs> You've been Googled. Um, Yay. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. That's like current new love is Instagram. Yeah. So I have a lot of fun there. And that's also Jody.L.Milner. I have a Facebook page. Again, that's Jody L. Milner author. If you do Jody L. Milner, you're 98% guaranteed to find me and not my doppelganger. She's not an author. I we that's a really fun story. I cannot tell over the anywhere. Okay. We'll <laughs> talk about it. There's a, off air. <laughs> there's a promise there. 
No, I'm not going to share that one. <laughs> Um, I think that covers it. The official release is November 13th. Um, so if you're listening to this and that date has passed, you can jump straight online and get it right now. Sweet. Okay. So everyone, uh, great book. The, um, it, I'm getting tongue-tied. Anyways, this is a great book. You should pick up a copy now. Uh, the best part is Christmas is coming up. So, if you have someone that loves to read in your family, you can snag a copy for them. Um, if you want a signed copy, go to Jody's uh, website and you can get a signed copy for them. Or uh, check out her social media pages or her website to see where she's going to suddenly appear next. And you can get a copy from, there, from her there. So, with that said, pick up a copy and we'll catch you next time. Dungeon Crawlers.